0: you're listening to detroit today on 1019 wdet i'm Steven henderson and thanks for being here today gil Penalosa is visiting detroit this week guided by an unlikely mantra for the motor city pedestrians first Penelosa is founder and chair of the 880 Cities Project, which is based in Toronto. That organization promotes walking and biking in cities as advocates for more parks, healthier communities, and engaging public spaces. Penelosa's visit this week is organized by the Jefferson East Incorporated in partnership with Wayne State University's Office of Economic Development and with support from the Knight Foundation. He's got an ambitious schedule with many events open to the public. He's here at WDET to talk about some of them as well as his vision and the potential to make Detroit a healthier, more connected place. Gil Penelosa, welcome to Detroit Today.
1: Thank you very much.
0: So tell me, uh, what's your sense of Detroit uh, as somebody who is here from someplace else uh, and sees cities from that walkability standpoint, uh, pedestrians, bikers, parks? Where, where do we stand in Detroit as compared to other communities?
1: Well, I think that for anyone in Detroit, I think it's easy to see that it's not very walkable, <laughs> that it's not really safe for riding bicycles. And even the public transit has much to improve. But on the other hand, I see that there is a lot of eagerness in Detroit on how to improve the city. Uh And when we talk about walkability, people say, oh, yeah, but, you know, we are uh, the motor city. Well, every single ride on a car begins and ends by walking. Everybody's pedestrian. We walk to the cars. We walk to places. We walk to the bicycles. We walk to public transit. So every single trip begins and ends by walking. So walking has to be the top priority of any city.
0: Yeah. So uh, when you say walkability, let's, let's talk about what that means. This is a big city, 140 uh, square miles I don't think a lot of people here understand or think about the idea of walkability as some of the thing, as something that we would consider uh, in a city that big. So, so what do you mean when you say walkability?
1: Well, walkability should be that we, the way we should plan this city is that everybody should have all their basic needs within a 10-minute walking distance. Okay. If we don't have public transit and the convenience store, and the grocery store, and the drug store, and so on. Within a 10-minute walk, then, it's not very nice for walking. So we need to improve. We need the crosswalks. If the crosswalks, we we need to rethink. In the U.S. today, we have 42 million people over 65. But in 20 years, it's going to double to more than 85 million. So we're going to have a lot of older adults. And a lot of the intersections are too big. And the timing for the walking across is too short. So that's why there is no wonder that more than half of the people killed on in the intersections right. while they are walking are older adults because they just don't have time the, the time. They can't and even get
0: across in ex- the time that's a lot of time.
1: So yeah. that, that, that's some of the issues that are basic about walkability. Like even in the intersections when people are walking, if there is a small island in the middle while they are walking, you Automatically eliminate half of the of the of the traffic incidents because they have some place to stop. Exactly. So this right. is not rocket science. Imagine someone that you love is killed in an intersection where there was not a small island, yeah. and you knew that if there had been an island, half of those would have been eliminated. Yeah. Each, I mean, in the U.S. in the last ten years, the people walking that have been killed by cars is sixteen times more than the people that die in natural disasters. So right? we really need to make this a top priority across this uh, uh, across the city. And uh, the the reality is that obviously not all of the trips are going to be able to done walking, but uh, half of the trips in North America are less than 3 miles. Half of them, many of those could be done walking or cycling. And others can be done in public transit or in cars. So it's not that we're going to replace every single trip, but there are many that could be done. To go to the school, to go to the store to get eggs or milk, to go to the park. We we really need to focus on how everyone in Detroit has a park within a walking distance. Yeah, I mean,
0: uh, one of the things that you're saying that's really that's really interesting to me is the idea that everybody in a city ought to have all of their basic needs within that 10-minute walk, which gets to uh, it gets to issues that are far beyond transportation or uh. uh, uh you know, infrastructure it, that, that gets to how we how we place retail, for instance, how we yeah. place uh, uh, vital services like uh, medical care and things like that. I mean, it, it really
1: is about planning as much as it is anything else. Exactly. There, there is a lot more to walk in than walking. When, <laughs> when we walk, that's where we meet the boyfriends and the girlfriends. And that's where we, uh, so when we're walking, we, we use all our senses. We see the children playing and we hear the birds singing. And so, so, yeah, it's much more than an issue of mobility. It's an issue of mobility, but it's also about economic vibrancy. Uh-huh. It's about the quality of the environment. Uh, so it, it's, it, it's about uh, recreation. It's about tourism. It's about a, a lot of other things. The reality is that the cities today, uh, the best people, they can live in any city that they want to. The cities are competing by quality of life. So if you got good quality of life, you're going to be able to attract. And when I say the best people, the best people in any, it can be the best pizza maker. It can be the best medical engineer. It can be the best carpenter. So we in Detroit, we need to see how can we retain our best people. And part of retaining our best people is if we have parks, if we have public spaces, if the city is walkable and bikeable, and if we have good public transit. The citizens of Detroit are are spending more than one out of four of their dollars of income on mobility if yes. they have a car. Right. There are many, many people that are struggling, and they are spending even more than one out of four. They might be spending one out of three. And at the same time, they don't have money uh, for education. They don't have money for extended health. They don't have money for vacation, not even to go to dinner with their families. If they could downsize the two-car household to one, or maybe the one to zero, all of a sudden it's as, yeah, as if they had won the lottery and they could have uh, so many other things. So, it doesn't make a lot. And actually, I heard it from Bill Ford, the chairman of the Ford sure. Motor Company. He's saying, starting
0: to really talk about
1: yeah, that. Yeah, he's very, very very clear on this. He, he, I heard him say, 50 years from now, historians are going to think that we were crazy, that we were spending $1 out of $4 on mobility on something that we use 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes in the evening, and that is parked for 23 hours. And at the same time, we don't have money for any of our basic needs.
0: Right. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and I'm talking with Gil Penalosa, the founder and chair of the 8880 Cities Project, which is based in Toronto. It's an organization that promotes walking and biking in cities. Call and tell us how walkable is Detroit? How walkable is your community in Detroit? Do we have enough parks that are near you? Do you have a grocery store that you can get to within 10 minutes of your home? And what would you like to see? Uh, Detroit do in terms of walking and biking, making those things easier for people in our city. Call us at 313-577-1019. It's 313-577-1019. Mr. Penelosa, I'm I'm wondering what what cities would you point to as models for Detroit? And I'm, I'm curious, uh, uh, and I'm curious in an answer in a a couple different ways. One, what American cities would you say are doing this really well? Uh, And then second, what cities of the same kind of size and, and makeup of Detroit uh, are, are doing this better than we are.
1: Yeah, yesterday I flew in from the Netherlands, and then people say, oh, no, those European cities. <laughs> well, the reality is that cities like Rotterdam were totally blown out during the Second World War uh-huh. and was totally redone with big streets and big lots of cars and highways. And nevertheless... One out of four trips are done on bicycle in Rotterdam. But in the U.S., we see a lot of cities that are moving in that direction. Uh, we see now public bikes in, in New York and in San Francisco and in many areas. Uh, cities like Los Angeles, all of a sudden now, after being not only the city of angels, but the city of cars, they are, in the middle of the economic crisis, they approved that tax to improve their public transit. Uh, we see uh, cities like St. Paul, Minneapolis, St. Paul created now the 880 Vitality Fund. What is the 880 Vitality Fund? After we spent a week similar to this one of Move Detroit, the mayor of St. Paul said, we need to make our cities friendly to the 8-year-old and to the 80. And actually, I want to ask the listeners that are thinking about questions. What is the 880? It's a simple but powerful concept. When you see an intersection, or whether you are thinking if your child can go walking to school or riding their bicycle to the park, uh, it's think about it We if when you see an intersection uh, think of a child that you love, it can be your son or daughter or grandchild, someone around 8 years old the second step is think of an older adult that you also love around 80 and then the third step is would you send them walking across that intersection right. would you send them cycling to get eggs or milk if you would it's because he's safe enough. Yeah. If you would not, it's because we need to stop building the city as if everybody was thirty year old and athletic. <laughs> and, can get around and we need to really build well. a city for everybody, for yeah. everyone.
0: Yeah. Let's go to the phones. Brian in Rochester. Welcome to Detroit today. Hey, thank you so much. Sure. My major question is this, by the way, loving the show. Thank is you. Uh, you know a long time ago there were there were st- shops and stores and vibrancy in the town and great amount of diversity, but, you know, things have changed. Now, for, from a safety standpoint, not necessarily safety walking across the street, but safety for personal safety, is that something that's preventing stores from going in? You know, if there's a convenience store, there's a thick glass between you and the customers, um, you know, it doesn't get that, that sort of community feeling. That feeling, sure. And uh, is that preventing entrepreneurs and business owners from coming down? or creating those kinds of businesses that that help create community around them. Uh, What are your thoughts?
1: Right. Thank you very much for that call, Brian. That's a very important point because safety, we need to have safe places and the safety uh, on, on this, like when the stores they don't want to open in, in some areas of the city that they don't think are that good then we need to give them an incentive for example in the city of Melbourne in Australia, they had in, no one really wanted to live in the downtown everybody was moving to the suburbs so they did a huge effort For they had a lot of laneways that were dark and dirty and whatever, and how to get people to set up a small restaurant or a flower shop, the city said okay we'll give people the seed money, we'll give you the first $50,000 because we know you're going to make an effort opening the flower shop here instead of a more established place. So the city gave him incentives and then all of a sudden more and more people started setting up their shops and then they became very active. Safety also like in the public spaces when we go to the parks and the public spaces, they are safe when you have a lot of people. They become very unsafe when they are empty. So part of what we need to do is not only invest in the infrastructure of the parks but also invest in the uses and the activities with Sometimes I find that in the cities, it's easier to get the millions to build the parks than to get the thousands to make it work. To, to actually populate the park. Exactly. Yeah. we yeah. got to do the movie night, and we need to do the, the organized basketball, and we uh, got to do the buzzer festival. Right. Hallow- You've got uh, to program parks to make
0: people want to be in them.
1: Exactly. When you yeah. go to the park, you got to find five, six, ten different things to do, and then you're going to come back. If there is nothing to do, people are not coming back. So the uses, and it's not just something for the summer, we got to have really nice great public spaces throughout the year. Right. You were mentioning cities in the US well cities like St. Paul and and St. Paul and Minneapolis they are very active their parks and their public spaces throughout the for, throughout the winter. Yeah. They plow every single trail so that people can run and walk and bike throughout the winter. So it's not just something for July and August but it's 52 weeks of the year. Yeah. Let's take one more call
0: Natasha in Southfield. Welcome to Detroit today hi welcome Mike. thank you for having me yes sure. um, my name is natasha my family and i just went to chicago over the weekend and that was our first time there we were really amazed our children all of us seeing everybody on bikes it was everybody was walking to where they go they um for some reason they must have contracted with blue cross we seen them putting bikes out in different locations people were renting them getting on them and it was like amazing i've never seen that and i said wow that would be awesome here in detroit we don't have that We need to have access to be able to get on um, bikes in different locations and to travel where you need to go and be able to get to where you need to go quick and efficient. So, yes. Thank you. Thank you for that call, Natasha. What about bike share here? And we've got about a minute left in the segment, uh,
1: Gil. What about bike share? I think more than the bike share is the infrastructure. We need to build a grid of protected bikeways. And now, with East Jefferson is developing the plan for the first one, but we need to create a grid. And I love that Natasha mentioned she Chicago, because Chicago is also a city with winter, cold winters and hot summers, and nevertheless, in the last in the last three years, they have built a network of protected bikeways, and this, the the uses of the bicycle really high skyrocketed. And then they brought public bikes, yeah. and then it became safe yeah. because they they are separating the bicycles from the pedestrians and the bicycles from the cars, and not doing just one, but created a grid. And Chicago is of uh, the, the cycling in Chicago and the walking has substantially. improved. Improved in the last three years. Okay, Gil Penalosa, founder and chair of the 880 Cities
0: Project. Thank you for being here on Detroit Today. Thank you. Yes. When we come back, we will talk about summer jobs and young people in Detroit. Stay with us on Detroit Today.